0: This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney and next to me, as always, is Matt. Hello there. And this week, I'm really excited because I get to ask Matt questions. Which doesn't happen very often. You usually ask me a lot of questions.
2: Mm. I don't like it. Why?
0: Because it's annoying. Why? Everything you ask me is a question. Everything has to be a question. What do you mean? Everything is why. It's very annoying. Mm. So this week, I get to ask the questions. So I'm very excited about that. So you're in charge? I am in charge.
2: Aren't you usually in charge?
0: <laughs> but the spotlight's on you, Matt, this week. Is it really? Exciting for okay, you. Okay, yep, can't wait. How excited wait. are you? Bring it on. You can sound a little bit more excited. Just, oh, hey. Just get that little...
2: <laughs> I was born ready. Come at me, bro.
0: <laughs> so this week, I am going to be asking Matt some questions. They're going to be a little bit different than we did a bit of an interview-style podcast at the start. Um, when we first started doing podcasts, I think they might have been numbers one and two.
2: Yeah, that was episode one was myself, episode two was you.
0: Yes. So they're going to be a little bit different because instead of asking Matt about his. Journey and uh, where he started from, how much weight he's lost, that sort of thing. If you're looking for that information, you will find it in episode one. This episode is going to be all based around weight loss from a male's perspective. So I'm a male's perspective. Yes, because you are a male.
2: Last I checked. Yes.
0: So I think this is going to be really great for everybody, even the females, males, everybody, because it's always great to hear a different perspective and you might just learn something a little bit more about yourself through this. Very well said. So let's kick on with number one. What does weight loss mean to you as a male?
2: Mm. So you're starting with a hard question straight away. (laughs) What does weight loss mean to me as a male? Ah. I would probably say it means to me what well, maybe a lot like what it would mean to be a f- with a female overcoming the shit that goes through our heads to actually get something done. does that make sense yeah, it does uh I think having having the balls to say, "I want to fix this mm a lot of males are reluctant to ask for help. I am no different to that mm. Um, I think I think it's really about sort of being courageous and, and admitting that you're not happy.
0: Yeah, great answer. And I think that that's really important and that's why I made that question number one because I think a lot of females can often think that uh, males are immune to that sort of feeling.
1: What,
2: uh, about what, struggling through this? Yeah. No, we're not immune. Far no. from it. We just, we just try harder to hide it.
0: <laughs> Very good point. Very and, good point. And,
2: and often fail.
0: Very good point. All right. So, bringing me into question number two, what has been your single biggest frustration since starting your journey?
2: My single biggest frustration.
0: Mm.
2: Oof. That's a very good one because it's hard to it's hard to narrow them down when when I could probably name five or six. Mm. But that's not the question, is it? No. The question is the single biggest frustration. Well, it would be easy to say all the mistakes I've made, but they've made me what I am in a good way, so that's not the answer. I would probably say the answer would be complacency.
1: Mm.
2: Where it's too easy from from where I'm coming from, it's too easy to think that you're on top and you're the best and either deliberately or subconsciously take your foot off the pedal and everything that you do isn't done quite as good as it was before. So what do I mean by that? Okay, well, those one, two, three treats a week become five, six, seven, eight treats a week become a daily thing. Uh, those those training sessions in the gym where you are going balls to the wall with, with your weight training, eh, you might just pull up one or two reps short just because, you know what? I've had enough. Or if you're doing a, a cardio session, and in my case, my, my um, activity of choice tends to be sprints, hill sprints, because my body responds very well to them, You know, you might finish a bit shorter than usual you might not run quite as hard as what you have in the past. I think same thing with, um, with your cooking habits. You might start getting a bit lackadaisical. Oh, it's okay. This week, I won't, uh, I won't put the time aside to prep. I might just I wing it. And all of a sudden, you're winging it for eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, 20 weeks. All of a sudden, six, eight months go by and you've actually either plateaued or gone nowhere. I would say, now that I've actually talked, spoken about it, that is easily the single biggest frustration because it's so easy to get in your own way.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you've been going on now for a number of years. Mm. Mm. How many years are we up to since you decided to make a change?
2: Since I got serious. Yeah. 12? 12.
0: 12 years? Yeah. So within that 12 years, over that time, you've had multiple bouts up and down dealing with... The consistency frustration heaps. Mm.
1: Heaps.
2: It's a constant battle. It's my biggest weakness. May mm. well, I think it's my biggest weakness. I've got many. Um, I think I think it's my biggest weakness, I think it's also probably the biggest the the big factor that can affect most people. I mean, how many times have we seen it? Not not necessarily with with ourselves, but with other people where they get towards their initial goal and high five, well done. Let's not have anything after it to go after. No further goals and take our foot off the pedal.
0: That was me. <laughs> I did that.
2: <laughs> you know, um, it, and it's very frustrating because you can almost not realize that you're undoing your own hard work until it's staring you in the face and you hate it.
0: Mm. And, you know, I didn't know that you, Matt, were going to answer that question with complacency and I, I think I might have answered the same question in a previous episode the same way, which just goes to show that without knowing, we've both answered a question pretty much with the same thing, which is complacency.
2: Well, I mean, when you, when you think about it, um, the people that we've worked with... How many times have we seen this play out?
0: Yeah, and that's what I was just about to say, is that just goes to show exactly how common it is when a lot of people think that there's something wrong with them, that they might be the only ones that, that have made that mistake.
2: I, I personally think that's normal, mm. unfortunately. Um, that's, if you haven't made that mistake, then you're in the minority,
1: mm.
2: from my experience, unfortunately. So I suppose the the only sort of benefit is that I've learned and I, uh, I now work to actively avoid it on a daily basis. Always got to be climbing up the mountain. Can never be at the top of the mountain.
0: Hmm.
2: When you're at the top, where do you go from there? You can only go down. Good point. So from my perspective, everything that I do, I always need to be chasing up a mountain if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. That's a really good point. I really like that. All right, moving on to question number three. How have your goals evolved over the years when it comes to your weight loss?
2: How have my goals evolved? Well, if you if you asked me mm, seven years ago, do you think you could take what you've done and then take it to a level where you help others? No. So do you think I would ever have pictured having a conversation like this right now with my wife <laughs> on a podcast about weight loss, given that I spent most of my life not being able to see my way out of a, a hole. Mm. So how's it evolved? Well how hasn't it evolved? Everything everything now is almost surreal. Where you think you spend You spend most of your life a certain way and thinking a certain way of thinking. And then down the track, what you do for a living is the direct opposite of what you thought your life would be. Mm. And you're doing it with the people you thought you'd never meet.
0: Do you still set weight loss goals for yourself?
2: You have to. Otherwise, you get complacent. Mm -hmm. You have to keep pushing. This is not this is not like oh twelve weeks mate she'll be right. Twelve weeks I'll have abs and then I can go back to normal. No. Damn that's it. that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how you undo your good work. So that you have to be chasing something. Even to me, it doesn't need to be oh I've got a photo shoot every twelve weeks but just improvement. Hmm. Even if your goal is to do procedural things better, my goal might be to train harder to run faster, to improve the quality of my consistency, Still, those goals are still fine. Hmm.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah. So over time, have they evolved in terms of you uh, – at the start, did you set more goals based around size and your appearance? And now oh. do you still set those sort of goals or do you set more goals in terms of, like you said, not being complacent? Um, having consistency, aiming for those style of goals.
2: Well, back when I first started, the goal was simple. Don't be fat mm. um, and then see what happens off of that. So I didn't really have any specific goals at the time other than to not be what I was. Anything else had to be better. Where now you you fast forward to now, I've got professional education, I've got Experience working with many, many, many people, I can now break things down more procedurally. So now I know what I'm aiming for personally, which is single digit body fat percentage. And then I break that down into sub goals that are more procedural. So making sure I'm consistent
1: Mm.
2: and the quality stays at a certain minimum level. Because once you, to me, in my mind, once you hit a certain level of consistency and quality, that should be your minimum from here on out. Mm. It should not get worse than that level.
0: Yeah, great point. And procedural goals are so important as well along the They way. are.
2: They're boring. Uh, they are super boring because, you know, my goal is to get stronger in the gym. My goal is to run harder. My goal is to cook more food. Wow. <laughs> wake, wake me up when that shit's over. <laughs> but... Those are the sort of tools necessary to be in the toolbox to get the desired outcome. So it's it I mean, success isn't always convenient. You you can't you can't do this. I don't think you can do this in a way that is entertaining all the time. Yeah. Or a way that's convenient. You just these this is the way you do things. And if you want the outcome enough, you just gotta make it happen.
0: Hmm. I like it. All right, moving on. Question number four. Were you ever embarrassed to ask for help?
2: I think I still am.
0: And I really want to just mention before you continue to answer this question, Matt, that there was a specific reason I asked this question and that I really wanted to have it included, which was because I feel like there is is an impression that uh, women ask for help more than men. And that it comes easier for women to ask for help. And that's why I wanted to ask you this question specifically.
2: I think that is true.
0: Mm.
2: You look at you look at our industry and us as PTs, who have the overwhelming majority of our clients been? Women. Women. Okay, so we've had women, um, and it's pretty clear that. From my experience, both personally and professionally, women do seem more willing to come forward. Not, I'm not saying it's easy. I don't think it's ever easy to put your hand up and say, I'm not happy, please help me. It's just that women seem maybe more brave up front, where from, from my perspective, it's harder for males. It is for me. Mm. So in terms of was I ever embarrassed to ask for help, it's still difficult. It's easier than what it used to be and I'm not afraid to do it but you still got to swallow some amount of pride to do it. Um, Especially now with what I do for a living there's the stupid expectations and assumptions that, oh Matt never makes mistakes. Matt does this easily. Oh Matt changed pretty easily, didn't he? No. It was the fucking hardest thing I've ever done and the hardest thing I ever will do. And you've got to you've got to swallow a lot of bitter pills to get to that point. And it is still hard
1: mm.
2: from time to time. Even even talking to you sometimes when I've got to just shut up and admit that I'm wrong, it's not, not always easy. No. It's not easy. So was I ever embarrassed to ask for help? Yes, of course I was. Super embarrassed. Um, it's just become less so now and I'm more willing to do it. It's there's still a process and almost like a battle involved.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. No, that's really interesting to know. I think that's going to be really helpful for a lot of people. All right. Now, uh, next question is a lot... Sorry, it'd be helpful if I knew where the next question was. So, can we please get a
2: new interviewer for this show because my (laughs) wife sucks.
0: Sorry. Uh,
2: Wow. Anyway,
0: moving on. Next question. Newsreader. (laughs) A lot of women have issues with comparing themselves to others? As a male, which you are. I think. Have you ever struggled with this? Uh,
2: A little bit. A little bit, but not as much as others. Okay. Um, I'm happy to report, from my perspective at least, this has been something I... Has it been an issue? Yes. Mm. Absolutely. Has it been a crippling issue? No. No. And it's gotten a lot easier... As I've had more success, both well, not both, but personally, professionally, um, but also with helping others. So I think I think when you when you're fairly new to something, it's easy to get caught in comparisons, because I've seen it uh, with clients in the gym, I've seen it with trainers that I work with, where. It's easy to get caught up in what the person next to you is doing and not really taking into account who they are, where they've come from, what they've had to overcome to get there, how long they've been doing it for. Um, have I been been in that sort of position? Yep. These days, if it does pop up, I can pretty much squash it very quickly just because I feel that I've got the focus on what I want to do, why I want to do it. Um, so not a, not a big deal for me, thankfully. No, no, my, my struggles come in other areas.
0: Hmm. Awesome. Great to know. So next question, sorry, next question. This is going really well. You need you need, you need some
2: time here, dear. Like
0: <laughs> I just sh- like almost like choked on my own shall saliva. I, shall I ask you
2: these questions instead?
0: <laughs> anyway,
2: the struggle is real.
0: It is. How have you dealt with the judgment that comes with being overweight? Oh, boy. And then going through the long process to lose it. Because I feel that there's a certain amount of judgment that you get in both areas. So originally being overweight and then along the way trying to lose the weight. So how have you have you experienced that? And then if you have, how did you deal with it?
2: Buckle up, kids. <laughs> We're in for a hell of a ride. So... I, speaking of struggle, this was the hardest one. You've gone from one, you've gone from one, this is very very good, Courtney. You've gone from one question where this is something I didn't, haven't really had much of an issue with to the thing I've had the most issue with, where I felt that, well, I, I've been, I think I've been judged most of my life. In fact, actually all of it, just for different things. I, p- human beings are judgmental by nature. We are. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Mm-hmm. If you say you're not judgmental, I'm calling you a liar. Correct. I am. Courtney is. You are. Everyone is. That's just the way it is. All right. Moving on. Uh, how have I dealt with it? Well, initially for the first you know, 26, 27 years of my life, I tried to run and hide because I couldn't handle many social situations. Talking to people, especially females, Mm. exceedingly difficult because I felt I was being looked down at. Mm. And that almost single-handedly, for me, turned me into an introvert, Mm. which here I am talking on my own podcast. Believe it or not, I still have introvert tendencies. Yes, you do. Uh, I'm just uh, very good at putting them to the side from time to time, and being alpha male. But anyone that knows me will also know I cherish my alone time and I'll take it no matter what. Mm. Um, And I think that part of that has come about from how I used to feel when I was younger where I thought everyone judged me. It felt like all the eyeballs were on me as well because not only was I... Super overweight and super unhealthy. I'm not the shortest person in the world.
0: No. If no. I, if
2: I walk into a room, I'm not going to hide.
0: No, you're about six six.
2: Yeah, unless the room is full of Shaquille O'Neals, <laughs> I'm not really going to hide anywhere. Yeah,
0: about six foot six. I don't know how how, what that is in centimeters or meters, but yeah, about six foot six.
2: So yeah. Anyway, I can't hide. No. Then when you add being exceptionally obese, you're looking at someone that takes up a lot of space and with that lot of space means attention unwanted attention what I thought was un- what I felt was unwanted attention of eyeballs judgmental eyeballs and it just felt like people were looking down their nose at me um, and to be fair, I'm almost kind of grateful for it. Because I do tend to respond well to things like, you can't. Or, um, well, I I cop before when I was younger, you'll always be fat. Who's laughing now? (laughs) Uh, Where you then flip that over to now, where I'm at now. It's almost like nothing has changed. It's just coming from a different angle. So I sort of touched on it before uh, in this episode where the, judge, the judgments I get now obviously aren't, oh, there's fat Matt. Look at this bloke. Can't stop eating McDonald's. Now it's like, oh, what would he know about going through tough times? Didn't he just retire from playing football a couple of years ago? Oh, he's had it easy. This has been easy for him. Nothing offends me more than anyone assuming that anything about this has been easy. It is the hardest. Fixing yourself is the hardest thing you'll ever do. Mm. So I do I do have plenty of people in my life who do care about me and I care about them will often say to me, gee, Matt, you're pretty irrationally confident. Some will say arrogant. I'll explain why that is. When you fix yourself, nothing you ever do after that will be as hard. So how do I deal with the judgment now? I get pissed off. Mm. And if you want to send me from zero to rage in three seconds, just tell me how easy I must have had it. Mm. Because nothing could be further from the truth. It's still a challenge. You don't, you don't spend a massive portion of your life unhappy and depressed without baggage coming along for the ride. So even now, I help other people. I work with PTS. Um, you know, I'm fairly well self-disciplined. Does that mean it's easy? No way. Mm. It's the hardest. And anyone that has gone through something similar and gone through their own journey to come out the other side, a better person will know that's the hardest thing they've done in their life. So if getting myself out of a shithole is the hardest thing I've done in my life, how can anything seem quite as scary? I,
0: it's a really good way to look at it.
2: And I think that's what gives me the courage now to step routinely out of my comfort zone because nothing can be as bad as what I had to go through to get to to this.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. So my follow-up question to that uh, would be very much based along those lines, which is in terms of procedurally when you started to lose weight, so you obviously changed uh, your eating habits. You changed your drinking habits. You've spoken uh, in previous episodes about your drinking habits changing. Did you cop any judgment when you started to change those
2: goals? (laughs) Very, very good. Uh, Yes, quite a lot actually. Um, It's funny how no matter where you are, no matter what you look like, no matter how fit or how strong you may be, no matter what food you eat, no matter what beverages you drink, someone is going to be there to cast judgment on you like the fuckwits that they are. So I went from, oh, look at fat Matt eating McDonald's to, oh, aren't you getting a bit obsessed with this? Aren't you taking this health thing a bit too far? Aren't you addicted to the gym? To now, oh, it must be so easy for you. It must come so easy, please shut up. Just shut up. Um, so it's it's been a constant a constant process. There's always going to be, unfortunately, people along the way that just seem to be put on Earth to piss you off and ask you not really ask you dumb questions, but just cast dumb judgments. So to me, the idea of being told, oh, you know, you must be obsessed. Why do you keep going to the gym? Haven't you taken this too far, mate? When I first started, I wanted to kill myself. I couldn't think of anything worse than being the way I was. So if I'm, if, you're, if I'm now being accused of being addicted to the gym or addicted to a healthy lifestyle, then if I've swapped an unhealthy addiction to alcohol and processed food for an addiction to healthy movement and healthy food, guilty. Mm. I'll take that one. Does that answer the question? Yeah, it does. You just got me on a soapbox.
0: Yeah. (laughs) No, it does. And I think a lot of people, I wanted that follow-up question because I think a lot of people go through that, male and female, where they cop, they're sort of damned if they do, damned if they don't. They cop judgment from people around them if they don't do anything. And then when they start doing things, then they cop judgment again.
2: That's a very good point. And that is exactly what happens. No matter no matter where you are along the way, you're going to get judged no matter what. So this is what makes it easy for me to realize, you know what? They can all eat a dick. They can all fuck off. I'm going to do what makes me happy because in the end, why do we do this? We do this for ourselves. Yeah. So I'm happy to say that I am a vain, selfish individual. Because not being vain and selfish made me obese, suicidal, and very sick. Mm. So, you listening, if you've got people in your life that are casting dispersions on you, no matter where you're at, they can fuck off. Because if you're doing this for yourself, to be happy within yourself, there's no wrong. There's, how, can wrong? Mm. how can that be wrong? How can that be wrong? You're doing good asking these questions. You're getting good, good stuff out of me now, aren't you?
0: <laughs> no, and this is why... You're pressing
2: I, my buttons. This is
0: why I like to ask you your perspective on these questions because you, Matt, have much more of a um, hard—I I wouldn't say hard line, but a very black and white, this is it type of attitude. In what way? Which I love about you. It's just very much like, if you don't like it, fuck off.
2: Well, that's how it should be. Yeah. (laughs) That's how it should be.
0: (laughs) But this is why I like to get your perspective on these things.
2: You shouldn't do this to please others. You Mm. do this to please yourself. If you're trying to get in shape and improve your health to please others, you won't get there Mm. because you're then trying to fulfill someone else's goal. Someone else doesn't count. They're irrelevant.
1: Mm.
2: And this is where, this is one of the reasons why I think people fail so much. They're in it for the wrong reasons. They're in it because they feel pressure from friends, from family. Who gives a shit about them? Mm. You do it if it makes you happy within yourself. Because if it does, all those relationships will get better. Every relationship I've had in my life has improved because of the relationship with myself that has improved. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So I think if, you get it, if, you, if you're doing it for the right reasons which is yourself, eventually over time, everything will get better as a result. Mm. I like it. Oh, good. Thank you.
0: Well, they're the end of my questions. Did you have anything that you would like to add before we close up the show?
2: Well, probably that, um, looking at this from a male perspective, it's not easy for us. Hmm. Um, it it's not something that I think also that males should go through by themselves.
0: That's a really good point and I'm glad you brought it up because I think that is a big misconception which is, you know, the males are supposed to be the real tough, you know, big guys and they're either supposed to just handle it or they're supposed to just not care. It's one of those two things generally. <laughs>
2: Um, trying to just handle it tends to lead to trying to do too much Mm. where you can hurt yourself, not just physically, but mentally damage your relationship with food, damage your relationship with exercise. I think whether you're male or female, you've got to surround yourself, even if it's a small number of people, but you've got to surround yourself with a core support network. People that will elevate you to make you better. Whether you're male or female, that's 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 critical. Mm. So for me, I've got obviously me. Uh, this has got awkward.
0: Maybe <laughs> I've got
2: you know I've got yourself. Mm. Uh, I draw on uh, my clients mm. as well because they keep me hungry to want to get better, so I can lead the way for them you know i've got some um some professional colleagues as well that i talk to it's good to bounce bounce ideas and thoughts and and you know nerves about things off uh it's just don't do it alone
0: hmm. yeah i think that's a really powerful message for males and females like you said
2: yeah it's um it's easy to assume that you know a male goes to the gym oh another meathead just looking to looking to get stuck into the weights. Here's the deal. Everyone goes to the gym for the same reason, regardless of their gender. They're not happy with something. That helped me overcome my fear of going into gyms because I used to be so scared. Oh, what am I doing going into a gym? They're all fit people. Actually, they're all there for the same reason, to improve. The moment I realized that, the fear of walking into a gym disappeared because it actually felt like I was among my people instead rather than being by myself. Mm. That was deep.
0: Very deep. Whoa. Good way to finish though. Thank you. Excellent. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I know I have. Matt, have you enjoyed this episode?
2: Uh, Best episode ever.
0: (laughs) Is that because it was about you?
2: No, it's going to make you happy. (laughs) No, I hope it's helped. I mean, it's... It, look at it this way. this when it comes down to it, this industry, the weight loss industry is indeed dominated by females. It is yeah that's that's where the money comes from. Uh, that's who will that's who most of the gyms are filled with. However, however, there are still plenty of males out there working hard that feel like they're doing things by themselves that feel like they're alone, don't have to be. Yeah, don't have to be. so hopefully, for um, any of the uh, the lads out there listening, this has given you a bit of insight in terms of getting some understanding that hey, what you're going through is pretty normal. Because hey, I'm going through it. I've been through it. Plenty of guys I know go through it. And for any you know for the ladies out there, um, spare a thought for us. Yeah. We're not doing it as easy as you think.
0: Absolutely, Mm. love Mm. it. Well, absolutely hope this helps and thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time. Yes,
2: we will. Bye Bye for now.
0: Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.